Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when The Office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey everyone. And of course, we have joining us Owen, our third co-host. Sorry for our absence last week. Uh, You know, a guy shows up and gets in two episodes and thinks he just runs the place. So um, our little prima donna, I guess, uh, kept us from recording last week. Um, That, you know, probably won't be the last time that happens so if we don't get something posted one week just stick with us we do plan on finishing this out and uh, we do appreciate you guys sticking with us today we are discussing season six episode nine double date in this week's episode it is helene's birthday dwight does the office a favor and michael is a heartbreaker We kick off this episode with a cold open that will lead into the B-plot for this episode's main body. We see Dwight has come to the office with bagels. And not just any bagels. They are D&Ds, I think, or something like that. I think so. I don't know J&Js. It's it's a letter. It's it's the same letter twice. And... Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) Sure. I'm just kidding. They're supposed to be authentic New York City bagels. Right. Like, Andy says that, man, you went all the way to New York just to get these bagels for the office. And so everybody seems very appreciative. And since it is Dwight, this is not without an ulterior motive. Dwight goes out of his way when he is passing these bagels out to say you owe me one and so his plan is to build up all these favors amongst the office to cash in when he is essentially trying to overthrow jim yeah can we just talk about how out of character it is for dwight to know a bagel shop in new york city and to drive to new york city to get a bagel shop instead of like making his own bagels yeah, this is, I mean, this goes in with the whole thing with him still trying to get this job that he feels like was stolen from him when really it's kind of just the same job that Jim already had. And we have discussed that on this podcast before. Exactly. And Dwight's plan just really doesn't make much sense. How is anyone on the sales staff or in accounting supposed to help him get Jim fired? He said that he's going to call in a favor to find evidence to get Jim fired. Yeah, like when you just extrapolate this out and you think of the time when like Dwight finally makes his move and is like, all right, everybody, we're overthrowing Jim. And they're like, no, I don't think so. And he goes, wait a minute. What about that one time I brought you guys bagels? They're going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. Good point. I do owe you one, and this is it. Yeah, it's just not very Dwight. Like, I understand characters need to have arc and 
you know, development and everything, but this is incredibly odd. And as I said, the cold open carries over into the B plot of the main episode because we see that Andy is never one to let a favor go by without being reciprocated. And so this has really thrown a wrench into Dwight's plan of having everyone owe him one because Andy is cashing in on that owed favor immediately and repaying it. Yeah, Andy says he doesn't like to not have something acknowledged because what if he dies not having paid someone back and then that's the best way to get a ghost. And so we kind of see this back and forth play out throughout the rest of the episode. And it gets pretty extreme in one extended scene because after Dwight has given everybody bagels, Andy comes into the kitchen area and gives Dwight something. I, I don't remember what it was. I don't either, honestly. But it is like Dwight immediately is just like, oh, thank you. Because he realizes, like I said, his favor has been repaid now. And so when they leave, Dwight opens the door for Andy, who then goes through and then holds the door for Dwight. And then they go to sit at their desk and Dwight pulls out Andy's chair. And Andy, with instead of sitting in the chair, runs over to Dwight's chair and pulls it out. And then Dwight, like, straightens Andy's tie. And then Andy, like, fixes uh Dwight's like ja like jacket and straightens it and like they just go back and forth with these small little things that nobody cares about but they are seeing this as the debt being repaid each time it's a weird game of one upsmanship yes it's a favor off essentially because Dwight brought in breakfast, Andy feels compelled to get everyone lunch, like a taco bar. And Dwight, again, is such a weirdo. His character is just taking this really odd turn where he says, I will make everyone's taco. Like, saying that, okay, here's another favor. And it's just a super... It's just an odd thing. Because, yes, I could see a season two or three Dwight doing this, but in a very different way like the naivete of early office episodes Dwight is gone there's a sort of cynicism that has replaced that the favor off concludes late in the episode when Andy kind of sets up this scenario where he is reaching up to the top of one of the supply shelves and it's just like, oh man, I can't get this thing. And Dwight is eager to jump at this because Andy is presenting him with the opportunity to do a favor that will pretty much like put an end to it at that point. Because it is not Dwight going out of his way to do something for Andy. It is Andy asking for Dwight's help. And so when Dwight finally retrieves this item that Andy is trying to get... It is a gift certificate to Starbucks. To Starbucks, thank you. That not only is from Andy, but it is from the office at large. So 
Everybody pitched in a dollar, I guess. And so now Dwight is very upset because this pretty much resets everything to zero. His grand gesture to start the episode off of getting everybody bagels has now been nullified by everybody getting him a Starbucks gift card. However, the main focus of this episode is the continuing plot of Michael's relationship with Pam's mother, Helene. As we saw in not last week's episode, but the week before that, The Lover, Michael and Helene's tryst at Jim and Pam's wedding has evolved into an actual relationship so much so that they have pet names for each other and they are calling each other and staying the night at each other's houses, things like that. And so now we see it is Helene's birthday and Michael is taking Helene, Jim, and Pam out to lunch, not just to celebrate Helene's birthday, but he is also using this opportunity to kind of soften the defenses that Pam has put up towards Michael for dating her mom. Pam makes an attempt to get out of this lunch by having Aaron set up like an emergency call from a client with a shipping emergency that would prevent her from attending the luncheon. And Jim sees right through this instantly and really will not engage her on this. It's sort of the opposite of how they tried to get out of Michael and Jan's dinner party. I was just thinking that. And Pam has to go to the lunch. Immediately when they walk in and they see that Michael has set up all these birthday decorations at their table, Pam is sort of won over by the effort Michael is putting into this relationship and how happy her mom is about it. And that continues throughout the lunch. I mean, she was pretty irritated getting into the car. It's a little odd that Helene had to come into the office at all. It's just, it was just a way to get the rest of the cast members some lines. Right. Pam is willing to kind of overlook the instances where Michael calls them all a family and calling her Pammy, which is obviously Helene's name for Pam. And just those little things that like the overstepping things that Michael does, because like you said, she does see the good side of Michael come out in this lunch where he has gone all out for these decorations and he gives her this scrapbook that is handmade and is just very corny and sappy and very Michael but Pam sees this as a very sweet gesture and like you said it does make Helene happy and so Pam is willing to forgive or at least start forgiving Michael for dating her mom. Yeah by the end of the lunch Pam's on board with this. Unfortunately Somebody is not on board any longer. Correct. And that person is, obviously, Michael, because he's a terrible person. He's also just willfully blind. I 
I will I will say right now that I see where Michael is coming from, but he goes about it in the absolute worst possible way. Sure. So what happens is once they are kind of in the full throes of this birthday lunch, Pam asks her mom, how old are we this year? And Helene says, 49. And Pam goes, oh man, for the ninth year in a row, that's a, that's a new record. And so we see Michael kind of slip a piece of paper off to the side and start doing some, some written out math. And he figures out Helene is actually 58. And it is at this moment that Michael immediately has a change of heart for not just the birthday lunch, but the relationship as a whole. And I go back to the willfully blind aspect of this because we know Michael is about 40 to 42, I think, at this point. He's in his early 40s, I believe. Pam, we know, is 30 to 31. Knowing that and knowing that Helene is Pam's mother, Michael just was not using his head. I mean, Michael's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And so, yes, it would not have immediately occurred to him that Helene might be a solid 10 to 15 years older than he is. As noted by the fact that he had to get out a piece of paper and do this simple math equation to figure out how old she actually is. He also just really, really badly wants a relationship. So these are the type of things that he's willing to sort of overlook until it becomes a problem. And this is the problem. So he starts testing Helene on certain aspects. And kind of what set him off is talking about going to Italy and Helene has been and Michael says oh I've always wanted to go and Helene says that she will loan him her guidebooks for Italy because she feels like the time of her life and going on super long flights is over he also makes up this scenario where he wants to do a triathlon even though by his own admission he doesn't know how to swim And he asks Helene, hey, is that something that you would ever like to do? And she goes, no, not really. And so he's like, okay, that's that's good. And he's like, is it because you don't want to or because you've never wanted to? And she goes, oh, well, I think maybe in my younger years, it's something I would have been interested in. And she's just like, I don't have the the energy to be doing that kind of, you know, activity anymore. And so Michael at this point has soured on the relationship, which is unfortunate because, as I mentioned before, this is about the time his scrapbook comes out and it is full of just very lovey-dovey things. When apparently he and Helene went to the Steamtown Mall together and she threw a penny into the wishing well. And Michael has included this penny in the scrapbook saying that he went back later and fished it out of the fountain. He also copied a Shel Silverstein poem and just included her name at the very end of it. But as Helene is going through this scrapbook, Michael is downplaying every single thing in there because he no longer means any of the things that he has said 
in the scrapbook. And like the true coward he is, he first tries to run away from the situation by going to the bathroom and not coming back and just hanging out at the restaurant bar. Then he says to Helene that she better enjoy and finish her cake because she is not going to like what he has to say next. And he first starts out this breakup by saying that he just has to respect Pam and, you know, in interest of her feelings, he just doesn't think that they can go forward with a relationship. Owen completely agrees with what I have to say. He is being very rude, though, in interrupting you. Go ahead, bud. That's an excellent point, Owen. I very much agree. <laughs> and so finally, Michael comes out and says what he really wants to say. And this is what I was alluding to earlier in that I understand where Michael is coming from. He, as we know, is a hopeless romantic. And so he has his life planned out from start to finish and he wants the white picket fence he wants the perfect family he wants the kids everything yeah he definitely wants a family and so he says to helene that this is something he has always wanted and she already has all of these things and he wants those things on his own Yes, he does not want to live his life through her experiences, basically. And if he didn't want these things, this relationship might have had legs. It might not have had this shelf life. But they really went all in pretty quick without really thinking about it. And probably Helene was like, oh, he's just looking for a relationship. He gets the situation. He is my daughter's boss. My daughter is about to have a baby, like I'm about to be a grandma. That was another thing that sort of freaked Michael out about she's going to be a grandmother. And it just isn't going to work out. Real quick side note about that. They are talking about what her grandma name is going to be. And until recently, I did not realize that this was a thing where grandmas get to choose what their name is, whether it be Grandma or Nana or Gigi or Mima or any other name and under the sun. I always thought that it was because since they're a baby, they can't say Grandma. And so whatever comes out, whether it be grand like nana or mima or mama or whatever that's just their name uh no unfortunately there is an entire section of parenting advice columns devoted to this issue of baby boomer grandmothers and what they will be called and not wanting to be called certain things or not wanting to be called the same thing as the other grandmother it is kind of a ridiculous thing because, quite frankly, growing up, I had two grandmas. They were just both grandma. Yep, I had grandma and then grandma, insert last name, because we didn't see that grandma all that often. And 
no one got confused and if there was any sort of confusion it was just like yeah grandma last name not a huge deal back to the episode and the fallout of michael's breakup with helene obviously someone is not taking this very well and that person is pam this is where the episode goes off the rails a little bit for me but it makes total sense yes because what do we know michael needs the most of he must have everyone's approval and no one can be mad at him yes and so after lunch he calls pam into his office and says pam i want to give you a raise and she's just like what why i have the worst sales numbers in the office and he says it's not about sales it's about just general demeanor and attitude. And she says, I have the worst attitude in the office. And so Michael pretty much flat out comes out and says, this is buying Pam off. He wants her to stop being mad at him. He wants them to be friends again. And so he says he's willing to pay whatever amount is necessary to make that happen. He also throws out other scenarios, one of which is, do you want to hit me? And Pam says, yes, I want to hit you. Michael can't really take this offer back. So Pam decides that at the end of the day, in the parking lot, she will hit Michael as sort of payback for him dumping her mother on her mother's birthday. People around the office take this opportunity to kind of make fun of Michael or just make him more anxious than he already is. Kelly and Ryan come into Michael's office and basically are just like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? They talk about pregnant woman strength and that Pam could really hurt him. And Michael, you can kind of see him just getting more and more worried about this as they are discussing it with him. We later see Toby come up to Pam at her desk and say, hey, this isn't great. Just make sure it's done off of company property. And Pam's like, okay, yeah, definitely. And then Toby gives kind of a tutorial about how to properly hit Michael with the most force possible. Being sufficiently scared at this point, Michael goes to Jim to see what he can do to kind of call this whole thing off. I can't imagine Jim agrees with Pam's choice here, but he sort of plays a prank on Michael and says that he's going to need a week or maybe two to really decide which way he's leaning here and maybe talk to Pam. So Jim's not really helpful at this point. So the end of the day rolls around and everyone's out in the parking lot waiting Michael was stalling and he finally goes out Michael apologizes saying I'm sorry and Pam says what are you sorry for he says I'm sorry for dating your mom and it does seem as though Pam is going to leave it alone at this point but Michael can't help himself and he says but for the record I want it known that she came on to me And so then Pam sort of whips around and then slaps Michael across the face. And Michael is stunned and I'm sure it hurt, but he starts 
He starts limping back towards the office, and Dwight says, like, why are you limping? This is another just one of those prime examples of the thing I just love to talk about on this podcast of, like, nobody in a real-life scenario is going to like Michael or forgive him for anything. So, exactly. So in this situation, if you're Pam, here's this person that you tolerate because you work with them who is dating your mother and you have made it known you don't like the fact that they are dating your mother and then finally when they break through and show that they do in fact have feelings for your mother and they make them happy they dump them basically because they are too old and so said person that, like I said, you already don't like very much, has given you a reason to not like them even more. A simple apology is not just going to make it go, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, everything's cool or, you know, back to normal. Really, this is the end of this episode and the end of this storyline. And that's kind of been season six in a nutshell, just these very short burst of storyline over a couple of episodes over one or two episodes because if you think about it we really have no idea what's coming next there's really no through line for this season yeah we truly have nothing to build off of now other than jim and pam's pregnancy which very very rarely and only in passing gets mentioned yeah helene says that pam's six months pregnant She's been married for one month, kind of just in response to Pam saying Helene turning 49 for like the ninth year in a row is their longest family tradition. So Helene is sort of taking a jab at more math. Yeah. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about this episode. So not too many fun facts here. One, I, I guess, spoiler fun fact is... Michael talks about how he wants to have four kids. He also talks about when Pam's hand was coming towards him, he saw his entire life flash before his eyes, and he did get married and have four kids. In the end, we learned that he and Holly have four children together, which is a very fast turnaround for four children. <laughs> yeah, also, Michael, that's not how that works. If your life flashes before your eyes, it's everything that has happened. Up until the point you're about to die, not the future you could have had. So I'm not sure if I put this together or if I really think this is true. This is coming from IMDb. If you remember back to the Koi Pond episode, Michael said that he once fell into the fountain at the Steamtown Mall. And in the scrapbook that he gives to Helene, as Curtis said, he... It included a penny that Helene threw into that fountain. IMDB is saying that it can be inferred that this is the instance where Michael fell into the fountain. I wouldn't think so. It seems like I he agree. willingly went into that fountain. Yeah, that's what I think too. Otherwise, there's not too many fun facts. It's sort of odd that there's not really anything more. Curtis, who gets fired? We lose Michael... Because when he is talking to Jim, trying to get him to 
dissuade Pam from hitting him. Michael asks if they do any freaky stuff at home. Trying to get a sense of Pam's strength. Yes, implying sexually, which, yep, not something you can do. That is Michael's fourth firing. It's his 52nd overall. And we also lose Pam for slapping Michael on company property. Yeah, just because it's in the parking lot and Dunder Mifflin doesn't own the building doesn't mean it's not on company property. I'm not, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. Right. It is her second firing this season. It's her 10th overall. We also lose Toby uh, because he's the HR rep that allowed this to happen and, and encouraged gave, it. Yeah, yeah, and gave Pam pointers. Right. I don't have Toby's numbers. Uh, I couldn't find it. Um, it's probably only like his third or fourth firing. It's been a while. It might have been since season four. Yeah. Since Toby's been fired. What is your Dundee for this episode? My Dundee is the, oh God, we're too similar. Is And it goes to Andy. And that's because in the talking head, Andy says, you do me a favor, give me a gift. Bam. Thank you. No, you send me an invitation. RSVP immediately. And I, that's sort of how I operate. And those are probably the only things I have in common with Andy. And I would like to think I don't have anything in common with Andy. You went to, you went to school in the uh, American Northeast. I guess. That's a bit of a stretch. What is your Dundee? The Desperation Award goes to Dwight for just the the big charade that he plays out in this entire episode and it it is just one of those things where like this has to be his last ditch effort because yeah. there's no way he has to think this is going to work nobody and as i said before nobody is going to be like oh yeah that's right you got his bagels that one time i guess i am going to help you overthrow jim and it is like i said before it's not even like Jim, there was an interview process and Jim got the job over Dwight or that Jim legitimately stole this job from Dwight. It was pretty much Jim's already. They just kind of redid the title. Antoinette, who is your employee of the month? I chose the members of the office that got bagels for breakfast and tacos for lunch. Otherwise, they're just like previous episodes did not seem to be a very obvious candidate for employee of the month who was yours i did also choose everybody in the office for because they got bagels and because they got tacos (laughs) also they kind of had some fun at michael's expense i guess if it could be anybody else it's pam because she got to slap michael You can tell that Curtis and I really care about food. Very much so. So that does it for this week's episode. Please follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And continue listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to us. Be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to keep getting our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.